0: This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton,
1: originally airing on Sirius XM.
2: Elon Musk is defending himself against the Securities and Exchange Commission and accusing it of, quote unquote, an unconstitutional power grab. At question are the tweets the chief executive of Tesla sent out last month about the car company's production levels. Musk says his tweets are covered by free speech. The SEC disagrees and wants him held in contempt for violating a 2018 settlement that restricts his social media posts Regarding the company. In 2018, Musk got into trouble for falsely tweeting that he was taking his company private, which caused stocks to soar. This led to the SEC settlement, in which Tesla and Musk were each fined $20 million, and he had to step down as chairman of the board. Musk is also facing questions about his announcement recently that he'd be shutting down Tesla dealerships and exclusively selling those vehicles online only to make a U-turn and say that they would keep most of the stores open and then raise prices on their higher-end vehicles. So what does this latest round of uncertainty mean for Musk and Tesla? John Paul McDuffie, Management Professor here at the Wharton School and Director of the Program on Vehicle Mo- and Mobility Innovation at the MAC Institute for Innovation Management. Joining me here in studio, Charles Elson, Director of the Weinberg Center for Corporate Governance at the University of Delaware. Joining us on the phone as well. John Paul, great to see you. Thanks. Good to, Good see to be here. Charles, great to catch up with you again. Thank you, sir. Uh, great being with you all as well. Thank you. So, Charles, give us... Your thoughts sitting back and, and seeing all of this, the back and forth is what, what I think is very interesting, but also confounding as well in terms of Musk making this statement, these statements and the perception I think it puts on Tesla and the leadership that is within that company right now.
0: Well, look. What you look for in a CEO, any corporate leader, is consistency and a sense of stability, uh, vis-a-vis you know what you're what you're doing. I mean, any any operation that uh, moves back and forth like a rubber band doesn't give many people that much confidence. I mean, that's what leadership is about. You lay out a position and you you pursue that position effectively, uh, but to continually change gears, uh, certainly. Uh, problematic, not just problematic for a leader for a company, frankly, for anyone, in in, in any enterprise. Uh, Stability and consistency are highly valued traits, obviously. Obviously, you have to adapt to events, but these are events that are not created by external forces, but created uh, internally within the company itself. That's the concern.
2: So if you're a stockholder in Tesla, Charles, how do you think you are viewing all of this? How much concern potentially do you have, or do you see this as part of the risk of doing business in this type of sector with this type of leader?
0: Well, I think it's not this sector. I think it's the, the question is this leader itself, and you either yep. buy in or you don't. Uh, I mean, obviously, this approach is not uh, orthodox at all, though obviously he's never been orthodox in what he's done. And uh you know, people have argued that he's done quite well. But I think though the larger the enterprise you run, the more complicated the enterprise becomes the more standard you know consistency is valued uh, you, you know you, it's like trying to take the titanic well, not titanic bad example Tra- taking an ocean liner and swinging it one way or the other you know dramatic and dramatic swings as you go through the go through the atlantic you're going to make yeah. everyone on the ship pretty sick yeah <laughs> do that Yeah. Uh, And and the question is, do you ultimately reach your destination? And that's that's the concern. At some point, you have to say this becomes a a parody of what what, what should be what should be done. And that's the question is, do you reach that point?
2: So then these comments uh, of the SEC and this unconstitutional power grab, how do you view them at this point?
0: Uh, it, 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 I, I, I think that unconstitutional power grab is, uh, frankly, uh, w- 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 would not do all that well in, in a court. I mean, the SEC has always had the ability to regulate uh, speech, if you will, the corporate speech or speech about a company vis-a-vis the investors. I mean, that's traditional. it has been around for you know since the nineteen thirties, uh, and if it were ever going to be challenged, it. Probably would have been, you know, many years before now. Yeah. Uh, and it only, I think, aids, you know, adds to this this view of him, a, a rather a uh, concerning view of him. That uh, you know, why are you poking the bear, so to speak, continually poking the bear? It means, you know, there's certain bears, I guess, you can poke, but this is not a very uh, nice bear to poke for the reason that the penalties on the company and you personally are quite severe. Uh, and frankly, the whole point of the SEC is to protect investors. It's the idea is to full and fair disclosure to uh, in- investors. And when you question that paradigm, well, no, uh, I don't have to make the kind of disclosures that they wish. Right. That you're really running against a, uh, a very uh, uh, an important societal norm that people, when they buy and sell stock, trade in stock, ought to have all the uh, legitimate, honest information before them. And with by challenging it in this way. Uh, I think you're really you're you're put, pitting yourself against a a giant tide of uh, just not only public opinion but almost public mores.
2: John Paul, how how much concern do you think there should be? Uh, not necessarily about the leadership, but about the company because this is a company that a lot of people see, and and we've talked about this before, as the potential next step in the auto industry. We, uh, you know, it, it is potentially transformative as as we move forward a- and. Yet you have all of these instances popping up, and it does have, I think, make a lot of people have to sit back and and take pause.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, I mean, Tesla, in a way, if you look back over its history, as um – has never been very stable or or consistent and has sort of sometimes seemed to lurch from crisis to crisis. Some of that fitting with what we expect of any entrepreneurial startup and some of it very tied to this uh, mercurial and uh, unpredictable charismatic founder. Um, They're bigger. They need to behave in a more grown-up fashion. And ever since the first... You know, real conflict with the SEC over that, as you said, that uh, uh, very uh, poorly considered uh, tweet about going public. Uh, The game has changed, I think, for Elon Musk. I mean, as a long-time Tesla and Musk watcher, um, the content of the current tweet that is disputed uh, gives me a bit of a smile because Elon Musk has been, you know, exagger giving exaggerated predictions of how much production would be or how soon this or that event product launch would happen since the very beginning. And I think most people apply an automatic, you know, Elon Tesla discount um, to much of what he says. Uh, And but I think he's not. So in some ways, his behavior in that regard is kind of consistent, but it has a different meaning now. Uh, after these disputes with the SEC, given that they're they're bigger and more people are watching them. And he is really being stubborn about not adapting, uh, probably foolishly. Again, poking the bear, I think, uh, is a huge distraction from the many issues which are legitimate business issues, which – Tesla needs to overcome if they're going to succeed. And we'll probably talk about some of those, like the dealerships. But I, yeah. I I, also wonder, like, why fight with the SEC at this moment when you've got all these other things that you've got to focus on?
2: Well, and let's touch on that for a second, because as you mentioned, we, we hear a story come out that the dealerships that Tesla have are going to close and they're going to go to an online only sales format for all of their vehicles. Agree with it, disagree with whatever that information is put out. And then, what, three or four days later, it's almost like a a complete 180, and now they're saying, well, we're going to keep dealerships open, and by the way, we're going to increase the cost of our higher-end vehicles by about 3%, which seems to tell me that they're a little concerned about their finances, and they want to make sure that they have a buffer built in.
1: Yes, I mean, I think – it's again the sort of erratic and inconsistent you know you say something before you've really thought it through or investigated it all I mean clearly with the dealerships as far as uh, we can tell from the outside, the big thing that changed was uh, he announced they're going to close the dealerships and all these landlords that hold these multi-year leases on these dealerships said, hey, wait a minute. You still got to pay that rent till the end of the lease and yeah. suddenly, oh, maybe we won't close them quite as soon. Uh, I, I think it was that as much as rethinking the what they want to do with dealerships. I mean Elon Musk has wanted to sell Tesla's online from the very start. Right? U.S. franchise laws make that very difficult to do, they have challenged those laws in many states. In some states, they've been successful. In some states, they haven't. But um, they also opened these dealerships pragmatically to adjust to that legal reality and also because they were brand new and people didn't know the brand, didn't know the product. Seeing a Tesla product, particularly the high-end ones, is is a powerful way to convince people and get people excited about the the, the product. From one point of view, You know, they're now well-known, so they may not need the dealerships as much for, you know, advertising and brand building. Um, it 's an open question how much people still want to do a traditional test drive sure yeah. some people absolutely say yes, other people say not so much, but the erratic announcing you 're going to close it and then swinging back unfortunately fits the other narrative with the s e c of uh you know an inconsistent and somewhat unstable leader
2: and and now he uh tesla is is going to debut i believe their s u v this week the model model y, the model y. yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's also a time, as has often been the case in this, uh, in this ongoing saga, of some very impressive achievements. SpaceX yeah. just had an impressive achievement, and the Model Y is, you yeah. know, the next product that they've been announcing for a while. So, uh, again, part of why I think everybody's sort of fascinated by this story, whatever their views on the company and the man.
2: Well, and, and Charles, I think that that's a unique component to this is the fact, Charles, that you're talking about all of this activity and all of this conversation that occurs around Tesla. But when you look at some of the other entities within the company, you obviously have, as what John Paul just said, uh, with SpaceX, you also have Hyperloop, uh, which is a possibility as well. Uh, There doesn't seem to be the same level of a furor uh, of angst surrounding those two companies right now. And it may be just as simple as there are Teslas on on highways of America in comparison to where SpaceX or Hyperloop are right now.
0: Well, again, certain operations are controlled completely by Mr. Musk. Right, <laughs> he owns them. <laughs> yeah. So there is a you're talking about investors. Uh, there the 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 investors are in Tesla. That's why they're concerned. These other ventures, they're true. Uh, yeah. He, 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 that's they're his, and what they whether they rise or fall, that'd be his problem. If Tesla rises or falls, it's everyone else's problem. That's the issue here, and that's where the you know the listen if if, if you own all of your business and you want to be unstable, that's your your issue. Do anything you wish. Right. It's your business. But if you take other people's money and are are seen to be unstable, different story. And uh, no matter how bright or smart you are, I mean, there is a reason. For convention, why do we want stability in leadership? It's not right. just sort of made out of the, out of thin air. It's, it's it's suppose you're working one of those dealerships. You're going to open. You're going to close them. You're going to uh, what would would you would, is is it going to make it easy to recruit people to work at a dealership uh, who you know obviously sell the cars who so they don't know if their job is going to be there or not there based on the mercurial will of uh, of someone far above who says they're opening, they're closing, they're keeping. Some open, some not. Why in the world would you would you tie your future to an enterprise like that as an employee? You'd say, gee, I think I'm going to a normal dealership that I know will be around. Yep. And then how, how do you recruit talent? How, would you lease space to a dealership uh, who says, maybe I'm opening, maybe I'm not? I mean, it really, the instability... Or, 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 or It has a real consequence to the business because other people who deal with the business demand stability. Of course, if, you, if a landlord, are you there or not? There is a, in my shopping mall? Is the store going dark or not? Do I really want to have a dark store in the middle of my mall? What am I going to do about it? If I work there, uh, do I do I get my paycheck next week? What about my pension? What about my health insurance? <laughs> you know it, 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 other people depend on these organizations it's not merely investors watching it right. it's everybody connected with it that's the danger of this whole thing and that's why at some point no matter how bright someone seems or creative they are there is a reason for convention i mean it's the emperor what was the old uh, the fable the emperor's new suit of clothes right yeah <laughs> at some point you say wait they're not wearing anything
2: well then, let me ask you this: Then, in terms of uh, of this potential uh, contempt of court, uh, is Elon Musk in contempt of this settlement agreement?
0: So the SEC is argued. <laughs> that's yeah, it's going to be. That's. I mean, it, 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 it's it's not. Uh, an opponent, you know, uh, in a civil act, you know, civil—it's—it's it's not a, a uh, you know, two commercial parties arguing with each other about comp- terms of a contract. This is the, this is the chief uh, securities enforcement agency of the United States arguing that you're in contempt. Uh, it's, it, 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 you know, it, it, and there's that's—it's a very different thing, let's say, than uh, obviously, uh, you know, two parties to a commercial dispute. The government of the United States is saying you're in contempt of an order. That's really troubling. No matter how, no matter how you play it or look at it, and you can claim they're unconstitutional and they're unfair and they're this, that, or the other. But it's the government of the United States saying you've you, you've done something wrong here.
2: But the el- the the element of the of the First Amendment argument that that they are bringing forward. It, it, it does it hold less water because of the fact that this you're talking about uh, in many cases he's talking about a public private uh, public company it, 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 precisely uh,
0: it, it, it it's 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 very strange it's interesting but it's very strange does that and if it were correct does the sec ever have the power to regulate speech and obviously they do right that's it's been it's been constitutional since 1933 <laughs> you know yeah. it's And I mean, no one's ever. So, Bose said, you're right. You can say anything you wish. What happens to your securities markets? What happens to your entire system of securities regulation? There is speech. Speech is protected, yes, certain speech, political speech, but commercial speech uh, in a securities market is not protected the same way. It's different. It has to be different.
2: You're listening to Knowledge of Wharton here on SiriusXM 132 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. We're talking about Tesla and Elon Musk, joined here in studio by John Paul McDuffie of the Wharton School and on the phone by Charles Elson of the University of Delaware. Your comments at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter at BizRadio132 or my Twitter account, which is at Dan Loney, L-O-N-E-Y 21. John Paul, it's interesting if we go back to another conversation we had about elon musk and tesla i think it was about a year a year and a half ago obviously part of the concern with elon musk was the hours that he was working uh the investment that he had not sleeping very much and then how that could be impacting some of the decision making processes that were going on at tesla i think that's a question that again to a degree we need to bring up again because of some of the things we are seeing playing out here right now
1: yeah absolutely and uh You know, I think one of the things that I watch uh, with Tesla and Musk is wondering how various, you know, key constituents take in what's going on. He's had a lot of loyalty from investors, he's had a lot of loyalty from employees, but there have been some worrisome signs. So he has lost a lot of top executives. Uh, And it's a continuing trend and I think the top lawyer stepped down recently, which um, presumably had something to do with the lawyer's discomfort about the way he was approaching this SEC requirement to monitor his tweets and stuff like this. So imagine that beside whatever workload and stress he puts himself under, you have a a depleted – executive team around him, um, probably fewer people available, a lot of empty positions and maybe a lot of discouraged uh, people who aren't on board as much anymore. That just increases the odds that, for example, this showroom decision would not have been really thoroughly thought through, right? You would imagine somebody who's ever in charge of sales should have been checking out the leases and thinking all that through before you announce it. Exactly. I mean, they – I don't know if they care that much about the the landlords and the leases, although that's a a legal contract, but they certainly should care about the morale of the people selling the cars because they've been real apostles for this vehicle and for the whole Elon Musk vision. And, you know, I I read that there was, uh, you know, they sell the solar systems out of these uh, showrooms now too. And the solar systems, I think, are a much trickier thing to sell without a lot of. Face to face, you know, sales kind of dialogue because it's a, a complex decision to do it, and I think that uh, you know, Elon Musk regularly asks employees to you know go some extra step to help them meet some goal. And there was some big push with respect to solar energy goals, and a lot of you know, auto, primarily automotive people were sort of shifting over and putting in training and a big push to do solar. And so he needs that from them. He needs them to to really be completely uh, on board and willing to go that extra mile. And I think if he starts to lose them, just the way if he starts to lose investor confidence, yeah. um, those would be really severe impediments for well, him.
2: The, the other interesting thing about Tesla right now, and to a degree, they're right in the same uh, boat as the autonomous vehicle industry in this regard, is that every time there is any bit of news, positive or negative, about the company It is obviously, and this is also, again, part of the the news cycle that we live in these days, but it is reported on it excessively at times. It's very important to report on a lot of these stories, but like the fact that, and I will bring this up only because I just recently saw this, that there was a car crash in in Danville, California this morning, and it was a Tesla. And, you know, how many times does a car crash make... News, it obviously does, but when it's Tesla, it's something a little bit different, and the autonomous vehicle industry is kind of in that same boat right now.
1: Yes, and I think uh, for you know somewhat different reasons. I mean, of course, it overlaps when Tesla software, which is you know at least semi-autonomous, is involved in an accident, then it completely overlaps. Um, you know, there is uh, – uh, as much as there are enthusiastic uh, Musk believers who have stuck with him through thick and thin, there's uh, also a lot of investors that are shorting Tesla and are probably cheering any bad news and this is immensely frustrating to uh, to Mr. Musk as it's not hard to imagine why but um, he, he does bring some of that on himself, each of these headlines which is featured surprisingly prominently. Um, that reports bad news is only helping uh, the short sellers, is only undercutting some of what he's trying to accomplish, and he doesn't quite seem to put those pieces together. Charles, your thoughts? i i I
0: think at some point
1: that the the show is gonna you know it's the
0: musical chairs the music will stop, and we <laughs> a chair left yeah i you know it, this is gone on it, it, it's 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 wonderful theater uh but you're talking about you're talking about real lives and re, re, real money and, and that's what's so tragic about the whole thing it was it, the electric car that he designed was a great idea obviously. Um, but uh, but again, simply because you have a great idea doesn't mean you can execute a great idea. And that's I think that's what's coming out here is there the ability to execute. There's a difference between uh, an entrepreneurial talent and managerial talent. And sometimes a business reaches a certain point and it has to be managed. And uh, this is being managed in a way that is very different than any other similar operation. And there's a reason that Companies weren't managed this way, yeah. <laughs> and that's again, it, it, it's everyone else who deals with the business. And it, it, at some point, people are going to say, uh, "I think enough." I mean, it, this is uh, think think of if everyone, every business operated this way. Think of if you took this 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 company and this way he's operated. They sent it to every company in the country. How how long do you think country would survive?
2: John Paul, uh,
1: I mean. I, I completely agree with Charles. I've just been struck by how the true Tesla believers have stayed true through thick and thin and um, and as the Tesla haters, dislikers have as well. And again, it may be true that he'll go off the cliff and lose a lot of these supporters. Um and who knows you know it's uh some people talk about uh story investors or narrative investors, people who aren't really following so much the ups and downs of the business and the stock, but they have really bought powerfully into the the narrative the story that the company the entrepreneur the founder is selling mm-hmm. and um in that regard, you know you can look around. And see a world in which Volkswagen today announced that instead of releasing 50 electric models in the next few years, they're going to release 70. Yeah. Um, I mean, the electric vehicle, at least from the supply side of companies agreeing to make them, uh, is seems to be a reality in the world. The consumer demand isn't isn't there by any means yet, but. Uh, And that's part of Mr. Musk's vision. And some people would say if Tesla didn't exist, none of that would would have happened. So, you know, the people who believe in that future are looking not only at Tesla's troubles, but also at, uh, you know, that sort of the progress of that vision in in the broader world. I will say, you know, I'm somebody who's studied uh, automotive manufacturing a lot. And I definitely felt that the question of the Model 3 production and whether they could actually get better at production from a volume and productivity and quality point of view was a huge stretch for them. And uh, I don't think this dealership thing is nearly as complicated. So when you get into the sort of the nitty gritty business issues, uh, but of course, we lose that because of the broader Musk crazy narrative. Great having
2: (laughs) you uh, with us today, John Paul. Thanks very much. Charles, thank you very much for your time today as well, sir. Thank you.